0: picking up the theme this morning of the purpose of gathering. Now, I don't know whether you've ever gone somewhere for what you thought uh, was the reason, and unknown to you, there was another agenda. Well, um, that happened to me recently, last Sunday. I, uh, uh, Annie and I went for, uh, went for lunch. I won't tell you who it is. Um, uh, I might expose them later, but... Um, uh, I went for lunch and um, we uh, got there and uh, sitting, standing, talking around the table and the food starts to come out. And uh, as the food comes out, the vegetables start to come to the table and the first bowl of vegetables is a bowl of Brussels sprouts that have been uh, uh, fried in um, uh, a bacon. Now I hate Brussels sprouts, hate them, hate them, it's just awful, no way, not, gonna, not going to eat Brussels sprouts. And then the next bowl that comes out is a bowl of parsnips. I hate parsnips. I hate parsnips. So as this is happening, as this unfolding in front of me, my brain is starting to go into overdrive. I'm trying to look calm on the outside. But on the inside, I'm thinking, no way. There's almost like that road sign in my head. No way that is not going to happen. I'm not going to eat them. So what am I going to do? What am I going to do? So I start to think, I'm going, am I going to offend the host? who's cooked uh, cooked this food. I can't eat them. I I even go into thinking maybe I could take the bacon out of the Brussels sprouts and just eat the bacon. So I'm even doing that. And then then it becomes apparent. It's a game. I've been had. (laughs) Annie is in it. The host is in it. I'm like, I have been for about the last three or four minutes, I've been mentally, oh, what am I going to do? How am I going to get out of there? They have a bigger agenda. The bigger agenda is they're having fun at my expense. I think it says somewhere in the Bible, revenge is mine, says the Lord. One day, look out. So last week, Jonathan unpacked the question, why bother to gather together? Today, we're going to see that beyond our reasons, God has a bigger agenda. The letter to Ephesians, Paul's letter to the Ephesians, was written to people who knew that, uh, what it was to regularly gather together. So the Ephesians knew what it was as a, as a church to regularly gather together. Paul uh, had been meeting with religious people in the synagogue and uh, there's a moment when these people clearly uh, won't have anything to do with what Paul is saying. So Paul stops to meet with them but he withdraws and goes next door to the hall of Tyrannus and uh, he daily gathers together with the disciples and others who want to gather to hear about Jesus. So they daily gather together. The church has always been a people who are called out, who come out of something to gather together. That's what Jonathan was talking about last week. He was saying that the word for church, ecclesia, means call out ones. We're called out of something into something. And so what we see in that church in, in, in Ephesus was that they were called out to gather together, to gather to God. So God's Church is a gathered people and so from the first three chapters of Ephesians this morning I want to dip into what Paul's letter and I want to draw out God's great purpose for our gathering and the first thing I want us to see is this, we have been gathered by God. This is what it says, even before he made the world God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. As the church, we don't gather to an idea or a concept. We don't gather to an event or to a rally. Our main focus is is not community, even though we love being together. We don't primarily meet to receive something. We gather to God. Actually, God gathers us to himself. Paul reminds us that God chose us in Christ before the creation of the world. His plan was to draw rebellious men and women back into relationship with himself, that was put in place, that plan was put into place long before we existed. Paul says that God predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ. We weren't just brought into uh, God's household to be slaves. We have come into God's family. We have been adopted as sons and daughters of God. We are in God's family. The church This church only exists because we have been redeemed through Jesus' blood. We've been brought back. We were, uh, we belong to God, but we uh, went away, strayed and ended up in slavery to sin and our own rebellion, our living without reference to God, our bias to go our own way and be self-centered. We were in slavery to the devil, the Bible says. But God came and redeemed us, bought us back. That's what it means. He paid a price for us, and the price was the very blood of Jesus shed on the cross. For us, we have been redeemed. We would never have come to God on our own. Sin blinds us, blinds us to the glory of God in the face of Christ. We would never have come. So God did it. We could spend weeks and weeks Exploring this glorious and precious truth. We only have a few minutes this morning. So I want to draw out one simple application. And it's this. Being gathered to God brings life. When we're gathered to God, it brings life. He is the living God. In his presence, dead things come to life. God exudes life. John says the Father has life in himself. God gives life. Jesus came, sent by the Father to bring life in all its fullness, we're told. Jesus' words are spirit and life. Jesus said there was a day coming when the dead would hear his voice and they would live. God imparts spiritual life and when he does, spiritually dead people come to life. And we're seeing signs of that new life all around us springing up as people are coming to faith in Christ. Starting to happen amongst us and it's wonderful and glorious as people who are dead to God suddenly come alive. And if you're not sure what you believe about God this morning... I want to tell you, you are this morning in the presence of God. And so you are in the presence of life. God is here. All you need to do, as we were here this morning, is invite him in God. Come and fill me with your spirit. I want to know you. It's what Lois was encouraging us to do. I want to know you. I want to know that life. And yet There's more. In the Old Testament we see a beautiful picture of what this looks like. There's a story in Numbers chapter 17 verses 1 to 11 and it's basically God's people in the Old Testament, they are not doing well. They are grumbling and moaning and complaining about God and they're complaining about their leaders and the way they, they're leading them, Moses and the priest, high priest Aaron, they're moaning and complaining. So God wants to deal with the situation, and so he speaks, and he says, right, what I want you to do, he says, I want one of the leaders of the tribes, there are 12 tribes, the people of Israel, there are 12 tribes, and he says, I want the leader of each tribe to bring their staff with their name on it. He says, I want them to bring their name on it. So they represent each of the 12 tribes, and Aaron is one of them, and they bring their staffs, their sticks, and they place them in God's presence in God's, there's a tabernacle, there's a place where God dwells and they place their sticks in there their staffs and they place them in the presence of the living God and Moses comes back the next day and what God is going to do God is going to show who his hand is on. He's, gonna, he's speaking to his people and saying he's saying I want you to follow me I want you to follow the people I've called you to follow But what he does is he brings life to something that's dead. And as Moses goes in to the tent and he he sees, in there he sees this, one of the staffs has started to bud. This dead staff, this staff that has been sturdy and solid, but is lifeless, suddenly bursts into life. It comes from an almond tree and and it starts to sprout branches and blossom and there's almonds growing on it. And the people are astounded because that what was dead has come to life in the presence of God, the living God. Some of you this morning have come here feeling just like that. Maybe you feel that you've worked hard for God. Maybe you feel you've been solid and sturdy and done your bit but you feel inside lifeless and dead. In the presence of God is life. God wants you to know life. He wants that life to burst out of you. He wants it to start blossoming. He wants to see you start to blossom and start to bear fruit again. It doesn't have to be the way it's always been. You see, we don't have a high priest like they used to have in the Old Testament, Aaron, just a man. We have a better high priest, Jesus Christ, who goes into God's presence presence once and he stands in God's presence on our behalf. And so when we feel dead and lifeless, our high priest presents us and we can know life and life in its fullness. And God can take our... Uh, Where is there's deadness and he can turn it around and he wants to do that for you this morning. And we're going to there's going to be an opportunity for us to pray for you at the end of the meeting. Be ready for what God's going to do. Be open to what God is going to do. God wants to make you fruitful. We We are gathered by God. Very quickly, the second thing is we gather for God. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we, who were the first to hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. We might be for the praise of his glory. We are gathered to bring God glory. We gathered. We gather together to worship him. That's why we gather together week by week. Our purpose is to worship God. John said two weeks ago that this is our highest calling. This is what we were created for. We were created to worship God. We were created for him. Peter says this, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. Have you been called out of darkness into light, do you know that this morning? Well, we're called. If you know that, you're called to declare the praises of God, how wonderful He is, what He's done for you. Isn't it amazing? Is it amazing that you're saved? Are you not astounded that God would ever look on you and save you, that He would redeem you, He would send Jesus for you? Are you not staggered by that? Are you not overwhelmed? I wonder, do you not want to lift your hand and say, God, thank you? Yes. 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 You know, friendships are great. Being part of a like-minded community is a joy and a blessing. Sundays here are brilliant for our children. It's amazing to see visitors gather amongst us. And if you're a visitor here this morning, you are so welcome It's wonderful to see people being among us with no church background. Yet front and centre, above all and beyond all those things, we are here to worship God. Our songs, the words of our songs, the things that we read, the scripture readings, our prayers, our preaching, our contributions, the culture among us. All of it is geared to honouring God, to help us worship God. In a politically correct world that hates some of the things that we talk about, we still do it because God is worth our worship. God fo- Paul focused on those who wanted to worship God. And eventually in Ephesus, he walked away from those who wouldn't do it. He walked away from them and said, no, I'm not going to spend any more time with you. I'm not going to cast my pearls before swine. And so he moves away and he moves next door you see paul's focus wasn't he was he wasn't particularly seeker sensitive paul for paul it was always about worshiping god he was visitor aware okay but he wasn't seeker sensitive he was all about worshiping god it's all about worshiping god we're to be visitor aware but we are people who fundamentally worship god You know, in Corinth, Paul commends the church for their openness to the Spirit and encourages them in their use of spiritual gifts, even when he says their meetings do more harm than good sometimes. He still encourages them to do that. And his argument in 1 Corinthians 12 seems to be that before they came to Christ, they were influenced by and led astray to mute idols. They'd been led astray to something that was dead and didn't speak. That's what they've been like before. But now, he says, you have come to the living God. And because the living God is amongst them, he expects there to be signs of spiritual life. He expects there to be gifts of the Spirit. That is a sign that God is among us. The evidence of the living God. You see, signs of that should be exuberant. God-honoring worship that reflects God's multifaceted splendor. John said it beautifully this morning. We, we don't come, we're not, there's not an egg, we come to a diamond with multifaceted, God is it's not like, oh, that's it. God, you can never, you can never get to the bottom of understanding God. There are facets, there are moments where the Holy Spirit shines in on God's word and you see something you've never seen before. I thought I knew all about that. No, you don't. God is amazing. And God wants us to be lost in love, wonder and praise as we gather together. We gather for him. Thirdly, we gather to know God. Paul says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. Incredibly, the God who created the universe, the God who created the world that we live in, the God who made us and formed us and knew us when we were in our mother's womb. He can be known. We can know him. God wants us to know him. Despite the fact that we're finite beings with finite minds we're, and we're in the presence of one who is great, glorious and awesome, God wants to be known. He wants us to know what he's like. He wants us to know what he has done for us and what he will do for us. God wants us to understand his purposes. God's purpose is that we gather to know him. And it happens as the Holy Spirit reveals God's nature and purposes through Scripture, through our corporate worship, through the testimonies of others. You know, my relationship with uh, my daughter helps me get to know my son-in-law better. My daughter's married. She's married to Simon. And I know Simon, I know him a bit, but I, I don't know everything about him, but When I talk to my daughter, my daughter tells me, the story she tells helps me understand and appreciate Simon so much more. So when we listen to one another's stories, and we hear people talk, uh, uh, and we're talking to others, maybe at the dinner table or whatever, as they're talking about their encounters with God and how God has spoken to them, we see something sometimes that we've not seen before. They help us, our community helps us understand God better. Paul encourages us to grow in our knowledge of God, the hope to which he's called us. He's the God of all hope who fills us with joy and peace so that we overflow with hope. Hope for this life and hope for the life to come. We've heard Barbara. I was with Barbara this week. I want to tell you, she had a secure and certain hope of where she was going to go. We know where she is. She's in the presence of the living God. In the presence of the living God, there's no death. She is alive. She's more alive now than she's ever been. She's more alive now than she has ever been. Do you hear that? It's true. The hope to which he's called us. The glorious riches of his in great inheritance in the saints. We have an inheritance in Christ. It's a rich treasure store which God wants us to explore. Explore. He wants us to know how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. This love that surpasses knowledge. But we can know it. We can know more of God's love for us. And God wants us to. He wants us to explore it together. When we're together worshipping. Paul encourages us to know God's incomparably great power for us who believe. God is among us. So who can stand against us? God. The living God is among us. Who can resist us? You know, it is amazing what we have seen happen in terms of our second site. We're going to have two sites, Hope Central, Hope North. God has opened up the door for us to use Kingsworthy Primary School. We went for a meeting this week and there was all sorts of talk about I's being needed to be dotted and T's to be crossed. Went to a meeting, there were no I's to be dotted, there were no T's to cross because God had gone before us. God made it happen. He's amazing. He's amazing. Incomparably great power for us who believe we gather to know God. Fourthly, we gather to reveal grace. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. He wants to do it for all eternity. He wants to... for all, us to declare for all eternity, show for all eternity the kindness of, to us, the grace of God. But he wants to do it now. He wants to do it now. And as we gather, we demonstrate the grace of God. We can only gather because we've received grace. We've done nothing. He did it all. He did it all. It's why our gatherings are not to be religious. Do you know I hate religion? I hate it. It's an absolute switch off for me. I want the living God my myself. I want dead religion. We don't want to be going through the motions. We want the living God to be present in our worship. As we draw near to Christ, our differences become less important. In fact, they become insignificant because we are, the Bible says, we're one new man in Christ. All our barriers come down. We are connected together like no other people on earth. Wherever our background is, whatever our our, our nationality, doesn't matter. We are one new man in Christ. We are evidence to this world of the grace of God. Wherever you go, wherever you go, whether you go to Hope North or you go to Hope Central, whichever community group you go to, whatever ministry that you're involved in in the church, every one of them will express it differently, but they will express the grace of God. We want people to unmistakably taste the grace of God among us. Finally, we gather to go. This is what it says in Ephesians 3 verse 10. His intent, God's intent was now that through the church the manifold wisdom of god should be made known god gathers us so that we can grasp his great purposes paul calls this the paul, call, paul calls this the manifested uh, multifaceted wisdom of god he wants to reveal that through the church god has always existed in community. He's always existed in community. One God, three persons, Father, Son, and Spirit. God is completely satisfied in himself, yet because God is love, love can only be truly expressed in community. And so it brings God's great pleasure in him being love to draw more people into his family, to expand his family. That's what God wants to do. And the Gospels tell us But the Father sent the Son, Jesus. Jesus came to seek and save the lost. Jesus said that when he went back to heaven, he would send the Holy Spirit who would come to convict people of their need of God. God gathers us to himself to know and love him, but also to grasp his great purpose. In the Old Testament, Isaiah puts it like this. This Old Testament Scripture sums up what this is all about. And now, says the Lord, who formed me from the womb to be a servant, to bring Jacob back to him, so that Israel, the people of God, might be gathered to him. God was saying back in the Old Testament, he was gathering people to him. For I am honoured in the sight of the Lord, and the God is my strength He says, It is is not enough for you to be my servant, raising up the tribes of Jacob and restoring the protected ones of Israel. I will also make you a light for the nations to be my salvation to the ends of the earth. God gathers us to himself. He wants us to know him. He wants us to experience his grace, but he gathers us so that we can go and fulfill his great purpose of bringing more people into his family every sunday we gather together to worship him to know him better to be strengthened in his grace so that we are equipped to go lois's testimony this morning was a perfect example of this last week she came came and gathered with us as she gathered with us she was having a had had a difficult week and in that moment she gathered to go she worship God and as she worshiped God, God spoke, started to speak to her and she reached out to God and she said, God, fill me with your spirit. I need your help. And God filled her with his spirit and this week as she's gone back to work, she has found God with her in a way that she hadn't known the week before. God gathers us to go. When we go back home to the never-ending busyness of family life, Or the loneliness that can be our home. Back to the pressures of work, school, college, university on a Monday morning. Back to face all the situations and circumstances that lie ahead of us. We go keeping our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. We go knowing that whatever lies ahead of us, God is still on the throne. That God loves us with an incomparable love. God wants us to go with a song of victory in our hearts. He wants us to go full of the Spirit and in the grace and power of God. Being in God's presence is always the answer. Always the answer. Do you have a problem? Then you need to gather with God's people. You need to be in the presence of God and corporately you will know the the power of God come to strengthen you, to equip you for the next day and the next week and the next month and the next years. We don't know what lies ahead of us but what we do know is this, God is with us and if God is with us, who can stand against us? As we draw near and worship God, he equips us to go. The people gathered that gathered in Ephesus, do you know what they did? They went out to the regions beyond. We read of, of Epaphras. Epaphras goes to Colossae. He goes to Laodicea and we believe that he's probably planted churches there. Churches that Paul wrote to and Jesus himself wrote to. They gathered, as they gathered, and as Paul taught them, unpacked the scriptures, as they gathered to God. God sent them out, and I tell you, amazing things happened. Many people got saved and got added. As God has been gathering us, he's been speaking to us about reaching more people. He's been speaking to us about starting a second site. That's why some of us are going to be involved with Hope North. But actually, it's a change for all of us. Everything is changing. Hope Central, Hope North, but it's all about reaching more people because God has done something amazing. We gather to go. We miss it when we gather to just examine our own navels. God has gathered us to worship him. He's gathered us so that we can be equipped in his presence, be filled with his spirit, to know his grace, but so that we can go. That's what Jez prophesied last week. I tell you what an amazing prophecy that was. About the condor's wings, big wingspan. And they stood for hope north and central and the wingspan cast a huge shadow. And then the image of an eagle's nest and an eagle in its nest and the chicks and the chicks get comfortable. And the eagle wants the chicks to fly but they're the young birds to fly, but they're quite happy being fed by their mum and dad. That's, they're happy with it. And so the eagle starts to pull the nest apart, takes all the fluff and whatever away, and, and suddenly it gets uncomfortable. And the eaglets have a choice to make. Are they going to fly for themselves? Are they going to soar for themselves? Or are they just going to stay where they are and just get fed by the mother? And in the end, they, f- they fly the nest. God has been unsettling the nest in recent months. It's time for us to fly. Annie and I are going to be based in Hope North for the first three months. I'll be here preaching from time to time, but we're going to be based. Some of you need to come and join us. Some of you need to come and join us. You've become too comfortable. And if you want to do that, you need to speak to James and Alan Brett, who are going to be leading the site for us. But there's no pressure. You know, as we go out, we invite, God gathers. God's the one who gathers people. God is the one who saves people. The fruit is down to him. Everything will change here. Everything's going to change. God wants us to go to the communities around and simply invite people. God longs for many more sons to come to glory. So as we finish, God gathers us to himself so we are free to worship him, to grow in knowing him, to receive his grace. God wants us to bud, blossom, and flourish. He gathers us to go and reach more people. We want to see God's glory. That's what Guy prophesied over us last year as a church, that God's glory was going to come in Winchester and in Kingsworthy. Rick Warren says this, It's all for him. The ultimate goal of the universe is to show the glory of God. It's the reason for everything that exists, including you. God made it all for his glory. Without God's glory, there would be nothing. I want us to stand in God's presence. I'm going to ask the band to come out in a moment. I'm going to hand over to John, but I just want to read the scripture. I feel God is all over this. Let's stand together. There is hope for a tree. If it is cut down, it will sprout again, and its shoots will not die. If its roots grow old in the ground and its stump starts to die in the soil, the scent of water makes it thrive and produce twigs like a sapling. If you feel dead, lifeless, there's a scent of water here today. God's spirit. God wants to bring life. He wants to make you fruitful. He wants to make us fruitful God has gathered us to go
1: you know there's a a, just before we sing again there's a little theme that's come through again and again today it was in Lois's testimony it was in Steve's word repeated and actually he brought it in the prayer meeting before which is when you're dry when you look dead like Aaron Aaron's rod or or like um like that tree stump in Job do you know a touch of God can bring life he does it's miraculous and I want us to be open to that even now I just want to perhaps you could start playing again for me John but I just want to pray if you if you feel like that dry stick or that dry stump maybe just at the moment I'd like you just to raise a hand and I'm just going to pray for you that feel I need a scent of water I need a a touch of the spirit this morning just to meet with me just to bring life to bring green shoots where it looks dead Lord, I pray for those who've just raised their hand to you. Lord, it's it's the, perhaps the most some of them can do at the moment. Lord, I understand that. They feel like a dry stick, like a dead root in the ground, dead stump. Lord, Holy Spirit, I pray, come on them now. Even as we sing this last song, come on them, Lord, and let there be a scent of your presence that they catch, a, a lifting of their heads, a a quickening in them. They think, hey, God is on my case. He does does care. He's with me. And Lord, I pray that you will begin to bring new, fresh shoots in their lives. They're like little branches coming out, like little shoots appearing, even in the day, even today and in the week ahead. We ask that. Holy Spirit, meet them this morning. Meet with them, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. We will sing one more song. I pray that we all might say some of the things we've already sung. Take me as you find me. Fill me, Lord. And uh, if you want prayer,